G'day, and welcome to Two Sweary Dads, a podcast about parenting and other dadly pursuits. I'm your co-host with the co-most, Ben Slinger. (laughs) And I'm Trevor Scott. And on today's episode, we have our uh, rando episodo segment, which is the name that I guess we're sticking with for the moment. Uh, We're going to switch things about a little bit this week. We're going to do our sort of fun segment. Uh, earlier on and uh, and then later on probably talk about uh, some other parenting topics but before we get to that uh, Trevor anything interesting happened this week um, yes I've just come back from holidays and that was a lot of fun James got to sleep in a in a real big boy's bed oh how'd he go he went really well we gave him a pillow we we gave him a um a doona and out of the four nights that we were there um, two of those were um, successful sleeping all the way through the nights, and the other ones were Not him quite. coming in once <laughs> throughout the night. So yeah, we were quite right. happy with that, and got lots of lots of footage of him of him playing like mini golf and playing at a science and technology place that we went to yeah, yesterday. You and recommended that to me. It sounds like it was a good time. Yeah, I got to play with Theremin, so that was good fun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've always wanted to build one of those just as a like an electronics project not that I know anything about electronics but like it's sort of the classic um, you know getting into electronics build something cool project so maybe one day yeah, maybe <laughs> it was um, it was what do you mean a- it was such a useful thing to have around the house very I would useful. use it every day Come on, mom. <laughs> but I want it. <laughs> Can I play the theremin, dad? Can I play the theremin? <laughs> I'll leave you to do your homework first. <laughs> no. It'd end up being just like a, a, a half-assed um, proximity sensor for like the door to my office or something. Just set it up there so when anyone, whenever anyone walks past it, sort of... Mm. <laughs> I saw this one kid playing on it and it... They had their hand over the top of basically where the volume part is, and they're putting right. their hand up to it, going, "Oh, it's not working!" And they walk away, <laughs> and it's like, yeah, "There we go." <laughs> play around with Trevor the shows them how it's done. Well, because the volume's defined, by, isn't the volume defined by the placement of your hand? Yeah, by well, um, your left hand, um, if it's yeah. over over a little loop, then. And you go really yeah. close to it. There's no volume whatsoever. If the further right. you put it away, the better it actually. Yeah. And then the other hand is the pitch. Yep. Depending yeah. on where that is over the um, over the other rod. Yeah, uh, that's cool. So that was cool. Um, yeah. James had a lot of fun in the mirror maze that they had there, and they had like a planetarium sort of thing and mm, cool. lots of little science experiments that they could play around with, and a few like thinking games and. So better or worse than Science Works? I haven't actually been to Science Works in a long time. So oh, I mean, me neither. Not since I was, I mean, maybe a teenager, but cool. Well, yeah, I was not on holidays. Um, so I was here for our big election. Um, and actually, I was uh, volunteering for my chosen party, the Greens, on Saturday, uh, handing out how to vote cards. You lefty uh, bastard. <laughs> I am a lefty bastard. Um that was that was interesting. It was the first time I'd done that. Um, kind of cool. Like I had to had to get there early and do the setup, um, which meant putting up uh, signs and the sort of plastic uh, banners, things that, that get attached to the fences and stuff. But of course, with their 
larger number of volunteers, the uh, the libs and the and labor had had been out already, and the, basically all their stuff was already up. So I had to figure out the best placement and. And right over the top of both of them seem to be the best. <laughs> no, I think it's illegal. I think it's illegal to cover it up. Um, I didn't say over the top as in covering. I'm talking about <laughs> above. Oh, above. Oh, just three dimensions. Just, <laughs> just to subliminally uh, uh, show the show that we are we are on top. We are better. Um, no, I think I think I did an okay job of that. And then yeah, people started showing up round eight, of course, and it was fine. You know, no, no hassles. I wasn't sure how it was going to be, you know, with the other volunteers from the other parties and stuff. But I mean, of course, like they're just people who happen to disagree with their politics and, you know, w- wonder why they would vote that way when they seem reasonable. But uh, no, it was, you know, it was fine. I, I tried one of those um, where where do you sit sort of mm-hmm, push like me the vote, things, the vote compass thing. Yeah, yeah. vote compass. So. Um, you know, answered it pretty honestly and mm-hmm. got right in between Greens and Labour, so yeah, on the lefty side. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then, I, then I decided to try and be a complete asshole. <laughs> okay. And, like, literally disagreeing and being a complete bastard and thinking only of myself and not thinking about, you know, any hum- humanitarians. And it's like, yep. I'm and you're more, bang on. I'm more right than liberal. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's extremely, extremely bad. But, but. still left of one nation. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> How the anyway, fuck did she get back? Uh, anyway, we won't go too much into the politics right now. Uh, we perhaps once the... So at this, at this point, when, you, when you're listening to this, hopefully the, the votes will have all been counted and we'll actually have some idea of, of who's going to be governing this country. But... Uh, as it stands, it's only three days after the election and it's sort of in flux and we're pro- probably, hopefully, actually looking at a hung, hung uh, parliament. Yeah, a minority government, or, a, but, or a slim majority. But Yeah, perhaps, perhaps, hopefully not. But uh, yeah, let, we'll, we'll, do, we'll do a pod, uh, politics uh, episode down the line. Now that you can see that we're both sort of left-leaning and, and like being nice to people <laughs> and not like screwing over the the well climate for our for our children oh god F- oh, fucking pauline hansen wants an, a royal inquiry into climate science yeah oh, she's horrible anyway, and also um, islam and like mm-hmm. everything else it's like oh great you racist yeah. bitch yep pretty much Speaking of the vote compass, though, I just wanted to mention that I actually, when I fill that out, honestly, end up to the left of the Greens. So, <laughs> <laughs> just just to, to give some insight into my general political stance. Yeah. Well, when when I say directly in between, is in you see how um, you've got. I think it's a, a four way four way axis. So mm-hmm. I'm still I'm possibly a little bit more left of the Greens. But I'm still in between on the on the vertical axis. I can't remember. Yeah, what are the axes? Are they is it like social and economic or something? Yeah, yeah. So they're a lot more on the social, but I'm still possibly a little bit left left of them. On the economics, not quite as as socially progressive. Mm Hmm. So we are going to talk about the show that we watched, the rando episode that we watched. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Of the show Drop Dead Diva, uh, season three, episode six, 
If you would like to play along, you could pause the podcast right now and go and watch that. It's available on Stan, which is where we watched it, or you probably can find it on another streaming service. Or, you know, we don't condone piracy, but torrents. <laughs> yes, that's right. Torrents of information coming from, from Stan. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Torrent. Torrents. So, yeah, we, we both watched this episode this week. As those who have listened to the podcast before know, they might have some idea about how this segment works. But if you don't, uh, we decide on a show that neither of us have seen before and know absolutely nothing about. We choose an episode from the middle of one of the middle seasons, preferably. Uh, watch it completely blind. Avoid all summaries, synopses, previously ons. And we take notes, try to make... Uh, well, we try to come up with things to make each other laugh and we sort of try to figure out what the fuck is going on. Um, now... Have you gone and actually, after after having watched it, have you gone and actually found out what what was actually going on in the series? I did, yes. I I After I finished watching the episode, I read the Stan synopsis and I went to Wikipedia to just get a sense of how this started, where it went. Okay, so I haven't done that. <laughs> okay, oh, well, that'll be interesting then. Well, at the end, we'll we'll talk about that and I'll, uh, I'll tell you what it's all about. Hmm. So, just just as a quick recap, I thought it was about a like a beauty pageant contestant who solves crimes while acting like one of the shallow people from the hills. And I thought it was going to be about a zombie singer uh, who was dead and had to <laughs> get past all the challenges that come with being one of the undead while also being a superstar diva singer. So it looks as though I was a, at least a little bit closer to, to the mark <laughs> than you. You um, probably a little bit closer. Yes. Yeah, just a little bit. Um, turns out that you know she's well. I believe because it's never really sort of talked about who it is, but I believe it's a, a, the lady by the name of Jane Bingham. Yeah. It took, so it took me a while. So yeah, we. Uh, Obviously, we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna do as, as close a recap as we did on the uh, on the last time we did this segment, but um, we, we'll sort of generally go in um, in consecutive order of things that are happening. Um, yeah, I, obviously the show starts off and it assumes we know who these characters are, so it didn't tell us their names, uh, but we quickly figure out who the main character is, just of course, and that she's a lawyer. Which, straight away, I'm thinking, okay, Boston Legal, Boston Legal, Boston Legal. <laughs> you know, that's, that, that's sort of where my mind was going. I want this to be as awesome as Boston Legal. Boston Legal is very good. Yes. Um, Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Good old, good old Billy Shatner. Oh, I'm thinking more James Spader. He was my favourite character He, in he was very good, yeah. Their, uh, their little bromance was... I hate that word. Their little friendship <laughs> was uh, was really sort of nice, you know. They they had this really interesting relationship. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this is not Boston Legal. This is dropped at Diva, and apparently is set in the law office. Um, the first thing said in the episode is Bingham. I'm like, okay, this is this is a little bit informal for a law office. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just. Some guy shouting her name across the across the. So I didn't even I didn't even ca- I didn't catch I didn't catch that first um, name obviously and, and somehow and I haven't gone back to figure out how this happened, 
I must have misheard and I thought her name was Pam. <laughs> um, I'm not sure how that happened. It was around the point I took notes about how disappointed I was that there was no singing nor corpses yet. But um, <laughs> so maybe I was distracted. So, yeah, we do fairly soon, I think, find out her name is Jane. Yes. Um, but I kept just referring to her as Pam Jane. <laughs> um, Pam Jane. <laughs> so, we'll give a, so, to give a little bit of context of what's going on, she gets told that she's going to be working at the DA's office. Um, as a we, prosecutor. As a prosecutor. A little bit unusual, but anyway. Mm-hmm. So, you know, from that, we can assume that the law office she's at is not <laughs> part of the DA's office. Uh, and, uh, you know, that she's excited to do that. So, you know, perhaps that she's not that experienced at law, perhaps. I don't know. You know, it was hard, hard to tell at this point. And so I noticed in, in this, because it's actually a serialized drama, I started thinking of things as like the A plot, the B plot, and the B, and the C plot. Yes, yes. So the A plot is straight away, you know, the first thing that comes up, you know that um, this is going to have the most amount of screen time. I can tell, you know, maybe this is going to be where all the interesting stuff is going to be happening, and hopefully we'd we'd get some some interesting things happening in the B and C plots as well. Yeah, so so to avoid jumping around, we'll, we'll perhaps try to stick... I mean, obviously, we don't want to just go through all the A plot without addressing the B plot. Oh, no. But, um, but we'll try not to jump back and forth maybe as much as the show itself did. Oh, um, at one stage, I'm like, just go stick, back. Stick with the <laughs> go story. Go back to the A plot. Please, please go back to the A plot. No. Frickin' B and C again. <laughs> So, what was the first point in the show where you realised something was a little bit weird about Jane? Um, the third scene. Mm-hmm. Um, when her assistant, Terry, and her are talking, and um, then the assistant mentions that maybe they've, they've chosen her to come work in the district attorney's office because she used to work there for three for two years. And then she says something very unusual about the Civil Service Employment Act requiring yeah. three years of employment. And I'm like... She kind of almost <laughs> has a bit of a fit. Um, <laughs> and actually, the first thing it made me think of, I was like, wait, so is this like Chuck? Does she have a law computer embedded in her skull? <laughs> yeah. Um, because in the same scene, she also um, uh, mentioned something about not remembering um, something in her past, mm. like... That when when she was working at the at the DA's office, presumably. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so she's missing memory, and she seems to have all this law stuff in her head. Like, what the fuck is going on? The weird thing was that happened at the end of this was then after after um, you know this weird conversation, Jane then sort of picks up her bag and then sort of struts off like a valley girl. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, there was kind of like this little bit of a a hair flip or something, and. So it's like, and okay, is this just because she's a diva? Like, what does this mean? Like, it, it seemed out of character from yeah. what we'd seen so far. Um, in the meantime, there's a um, a scene that's showing the... Um, establishes the B-plot. It establishes the B-plot, which mm-hmm. happens to be that um, there's a 14-year-old teenager who has over $10,000 of debt. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like... I'm like, okay, so is this another diva? Like, is this what this show is just about, divas? And I started thinking, what's this got to do with drop dead? 
diva. <laughs> you know, it's it's true. It's, We're, yeah, there's no death so far. There's um, the mother of the girl wants to go after some other girl who posts videos that supposedly brainwash impress- impressionable youths into buying yeah. clothes online. Bit and so, of a stretch. And so, <laughs> and so they they bring up uh, they bring up the video, and it's this blonde ditzy girl and i'm like oh no is it someone from the hills like i felt yep. like our last episode of this had come back to haunt us yep but then i then i thought well the acting isn't as wooden so it can't be the hills <laughs> <laughs> i thought maybe we'd incepted ourselves and that they they were watching the show the hills within the show we were watching after we'd just done it yeah, anyway anyway back to the a plot jane mm-hmm. goes to the da's office and immediately doesn't recognise an old workmate who she's yeah, there to meet. And I'm who, like... Who's really flirty with her as well. It's like, yeah. okay, like, what's the history here? So, at this stage, I started getting an idea that Jane is actually an imposter. Um, she's, like, looks very similar and has done basically a, you know, stolen, stolen real Jane's life. Yeah. And... Yeah. Everyone is just so oblivious to the fact that she doesn't know shit um, that they're just going, okay, maybe she just had, like, a fall and had brain damage or something. Yeah, well, it was about now that I started thinking, all right, is ha- is she been like, taken over by a ghost or a body snatcher or something? Like, maybe that's where the drop dead comes from. Is she some sort of bloody lizard person in someone else's body trying to get by as a lawyer. <laughs> At this stage, I've totally forgotten about the drop dead side of things because right. it, it didn't make any sense to me. So I'm just no, like, no, no, I mean, yeah, I forget about that whole thing. I certainly wasn't dwelling on it, but uh, yeah, those were just, that's just what started going through my head and just wondering like, what is, what is everybody else thinking? You know, they're putting her on some big case, this big murder case immediately where as she was so excited to be a prosecutor, it's like, well, wait, has she prosecuted before? Like, what is she even, you know, are they just trusting her with this? Like, what's going yep. on? So anyway, we're <laughs> somehow she's made it this far in her job and has been found out. So I'm like, okay, benefit of the doubt, let it go. Yeah, they've obviously, you know, they all know something that we don't know. Yeah. So she's been brought on to prosecute the Elena Estrada murder. Mm-hmm. And the amount of paperwork in the war room is astounding. <laughs> um, Definitely I, a big case. <laughs> I, where I paused it, I'm just like, ooh, I bet Jane really is wishing that she doesn't have to be in this awkward situation right now. <laughs> she doesn't remember any of this stuff. Um, she manages very well to sort of bluff her way through it, though. Nobody seems to nobody seems to suspect it at all. No. Um, then you get a. You get the dude from the first scene calling, and yeah, that was kind of the C plot. Yeah, almost. It was it, sort it's of like a... in the middle of the A plot. It's like okay, let's introduce the C plot right as you like learning about the A plot. It's yeah, like, it's and to be honest, to you know that. what? We we almost don't even need to talk about the C plot. It was basically just there's some history between this guy and one of the other lawyers who was who was doing the B plot stuff. Um, he was jealous. Of a new a new boyfriend that he'd seen her with, he's basically stalking her. He does some shifty stuff to you know find out what's going on, and they have a big bust up. Like, I mean, obviously, if if we'd been watching the show from the beginning, that might be a bit more interesting because we'd be invested in those characters. But as it stood 
for me at least, it was it was just nothing. Like it didn't matter. It was kind of just filler. Okay, so as I also mentioned last time, I wanted some strong female, you know, characters. And for the most yeah. part, we didn't get strong female characters, except for one. Yeah, so there were, I mean, there, there were female characters. Some of them were lawyers. That's great. Like, you know, they seem to be very good at their job. Obviously, there's a lot of the standard drama relationship stuff. And that very much went just the straight kind of women getting flustered and stuff except for maybe in the C plot but even that there was some sort of classic stuff oh yeah um yeah I mean that kind of brings us to the scene where this guy Alan Roberts who works at the DA office just plants a kiss on her on Jane basically without her consent you know which is which is a classic drama trope because men just get away with basically sexually assaulting women that there there is a point when i paused and you see the look in her eyes as if she was not expecting that in the script (laughs) no and she's not well yeah almost yeah and she's not kissing back and yeah i'm just thinking oh okay lovely sexual assault um i mean he he thinks that like you know it's it's obviously there's some sort of history there but um yeah, that was that was kind of off-putting. Then and then so then she's talking to her friend about it, and it turns out her friend is the blonde bimbo who was in the videos yep. selling the stuff and brainwashing the fourteen-year-old girls. So talking about strong female characters, <laughs> yeah, the again, friend this is not one is them. not one of them. Oh my god, she was again like as I said, she's basically one of the characters from the hills, but almost worse, you know. But interestingly, in this scene, yet again, sort of um, uh, signposting the weirdness that's going on with Jane is she referred to herself in the third person. Oh, that was that was the most hard to like get around sort of thing. It's like she just goes, "Alan and I, I mean, Alan and Jane used to be like, what the fuck? It's like, wait, what? So you're not?" <laughs> Jane, so who are you? And so this is kind of where I'm thinking, wait, so body switching, like possession, imposter, identity thief. (laughs) Yeah, something. Yeah. Face off. (laughs) And and then one of the funniest scenes in the in this so far where Stacy, as we find out. Yeah, I first thought it was Cece. I first thought it was Cece, but turned out it was Stacy. Super dumb. Basically, the token dumb person. Oh, yeah. She gets served a complaint. So, basically, someone legally has given her given her an envelope. But, yeah, she thought it was yeah. a menu for a restaurant. <laughs> like, yeah, a fuck? Korean restaurant. Because, you know, law, law speak, as, as difficult as it is to read sometimes, just completely looks like a completely different language that doesn't even use our alphabet. Um. We did forget. We did forget to say that um, Stacy's boyfriend pretty much totally fucked this up for for Stacy in the first place. Anyway, given that he he was talking to um, the the lawyer who's actually representing the the mother and this teenage girl, yes. <laughs> he just gives away all this information about how oh no she she gets all the stuff for free and that's right yes and it's just like yeah f- what the Fred fuck, Fred was a bit of a <laughs> blustering useless guy and and um 
Kim, who really is saying to become one of my favourite characters in the show, just she just goes all legal on his ass and says, well, the provider's off the hook because they're giving away free, pro- pro- free products, they're not charging for them and all this sort of stuff, but given that Stacey's not actually mentioning on her website that she's receiving these things for free, I'm going to totally she's fuck her up. She's fucked, yeah, <laughs> basically. I, I started really going heavily into the the law side of things because they brought that on pretty early, you know, mm-hmm. in this scene here. So when you're looking at the A plot information, yeah, their entire case seems dependent on a single set of fingerprints on some cloth. Yeah, which they because this is this is a an eight year old case that had been declared a cold case until some new technology let them get this fingerprint off the cloth, uh, which which implicates, I believe, the gardener. Yes, which, as is typical in all these things, was not the murderer. Of course not. But anyway, we don't know that yet. <laughs> um, spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, um, back, so we did sort of get back to the A-plot, I think, I guess the next day or later, in, later um, and Alan and Pam Jane, as I have it here, um, see, see. So at this point, because at this point, because of the the whole referring to herself in the third person thing, I assumed that Pam was the name of the person who wasn't Jane, like who was actually in the body. So I just thought it was Pam. So like the Jane's body, Pam inside the body. Yep. Turns out I don't know where the fuck Pam came from. There's no one named Pam in this show. No. But for now, she's Pam. Um, <laughs> Pam Jane. Yeah, there's, there's a bit of relationship stuff that goes on with Alan. He apologizes for the kiss. And, and, and Pam Jane's into it at this point. She's kind of, she mm-hmm. kind of is interested in him and, you know, probing him, probe, probing him about his relationship status. Um, you know, she should probably have just added him on a Facebook. Hopefully yep. he's got it. Hopefully he's got his relationship set status set to. It's complicated, but I'm open to something new with a ghost hiding in the body of an old flame. Um, <laughs> but, uh, they do discuss the case a bit further. He suggests that um, Jane, in air quotes, um, <laughs> go talk to them. Go talk to the mother of the of the um, murdered girl and just give her some information about the murder sus- suspect because that's what you always do in these sort of cases. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, yeah. So she goes. She talks to the mother and she finds out about how much uh, Elena likes to knit. Yes. And has a very house-like epiphany where all of a sudden, well, because she talks to the gardener and he mentions that she was making him a scarf and, you know, she rushes oh, back to God. rushes back <laughs> to the war room and looks at some photos and determines that there's no way she could have knitted a scarf in the time it took based on their timeline. So she actually didn't get there. All of, all of a sudden she does these amazing knitting mathematics in her head going, Yeah, I remember no something. And she just, she runs out and she goes, <laughs> this person was like, <laughs> was like. <laughs> she'd, only had, she'd only done what, maybe five rows at this bus stop. And then we see her here. and Well, we see the final scarf and, and, and you know, it's, it's, you know, it's 70 90 or 80 rows. rows or, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and it's like, There's that, no... that would have taken more than the 40 minutes that we've got before this. And it's like, <laughs> so, anyway, what the yeah. fuck is going so on? So basically, basically through knitting, through a knitting based lead, uh, they, they determined that their timeline was wrong. And, uh, and that means that the gardener was off the hook. 
Yep. Um, so this is what I've got written down. They come to a rather convoluted conclusion that Elena got off the buzz to get a drink because recovering alcoholics crave sugar. They ignore the autopsy report stating time of death because it doesn't fit with the new timeline they got. <laughs> I didn't notice that they just and threw timeline, away the autopsy report. And their new timeline happens to absolve their only suspect of, of the murder because fuck logic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, are you talking what are you talking about? Knitting knitting based mathematics always trumps autopsies. <laughs> so now and now they're and now they're dropping the case again because that was their only lead. Well, th- this is the weird thing. Why were two prosecutors interviewing a suspect shouldn't this be something that police do i mean (laughs) yeah from from what i understand when people do investigations it should really be the police doing the doing the the discussions not not necessarily the prosecutors doing all the investigations slash timeline coming up with so anyway back to the b plot (laughs) so back to the b plot and it was i I think this is the scene where oh what one of my favorite lines happens she goes don't pause the video here. I, I smile on the next frame and I'm just like, <laughs> what the fuck? Well, it was at this point that I decided that Stacy's definitely a vampire or something <laughs> because the size of those teeth, like, or, or either that or she's a body snatcher too, but she didn't quite fit into the body. So her skin is just like pulled tight <laughs> around the person inside, which is why she stares so wide eyed and has that giant toothy grin. Mm. Um, and all, and also maybe that's why she doesn't think so well because there's just all this pressure on her on her brain. Yeah. And anyway, so they they have all legal talk. You know, Stacy says, "Oh, I love every single one of these items." And Kim comes out with, "What about these horrible sequined leggings that only a brain dead <laughs> lemming would wear?" And then the fourteen year old says, "Oh, Stacy's a fashion icon, and there's you know the whole fan base that love state um, love everything Stacy." endorses including the sequin leggings that she happens to have on and it's like oh fucking hell <laughs> um, yeah that's stacy looks as though she wants to throw up <laughs> <laughs> like she, she's like oh they're they're fucking horrible and she comes out and says yep they're they're absolutely horrible and kim's just like yeah yeah, base, basically, she decides to change to change uh, that r- realizes she was wrong because she's turned this teenager into a fashion pariah. Yeah, ba- based on her her saying that these sequined leggings are, are good, and you know, then the lawyer dude that's that's sitting there with Stacy says that the company will refund all the money that this fourteen year old has spent, and Stacy states that she'll go online to apologize, and I'm like, come on, Kim, just stick the knife in. Just bleed her dry. But <laughs> no, she agrees to the terms because the mother agrees to the terms. And I'm like, why the fuck does, would this company give back $10,000? It's got yeah. legal immunity. It's not in trouble whatsoever. No. I know. I know. This corporation that, that's giving all this stuff, it, yeah, just, just ends up being, oh, yeah, like, we're, we're nice and we're reasonable. It's like, yeah, that's, that's how corporations behave. It goes back into the A story at this stage. Yes. Alan Kane comes back in the room and states that the mayor wants to thank Jane for saving them the embarrassing and prosecuting the, the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, appearances but, count. 
for Jane infers that she wants to continue the case. I mean, as if they had enough evidence to prosecute him anyway. All they had I was know. a fingerprint. A single set of fingerprints. On like no a tarp motive. or something. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but yeah, continuing on with the with the A plot. This is, this is one of the most <laughs> funniest things about it. Given that the case is eight years old, you'd... Um, You'd expect that, no, they'd leave it all, all gone. But no, because this is TV, this case will be solved in about 25 minutes because fuck everyone else who worked on this case. They did a shit job and only Jane can save it with her super knitting powers. Because Pam Jane got super sad because Elena's mum got sad. And so she gets Terry on the case. Tells her to get all the evidence that she can find. I was hoping, I was hoping there'd be a montage. But... The, the, the most annoying part was when um, Jane actually next meets up with Elena's mother and now Elena's mother is not happy because they have no suspects it's like but you said the Cardinal was a friend you <laughs> <laughs> it was getting infuriating her mother mother hands her a new photograph even though they have plenty and the photo will probably give Jane some crazy revelation that caused her to solve the murder in 20 minutes time <laughs> well um, yeah well so anyway Terry comes through with the goods apparently by just bribing people with food and she gets all everybody's records yeah and it turns out that somebody was either supposed to be interviewed but wasn't or was interviewed and it wasn't recorded and then she basically disappeared let's see yeah there's some case notes that both jane and alan were like jane's notes and alan's notes and yes jane's like- jane's notes from before the Identity Before theft, the weird possession, accident, body snatching, possession, ghost, identity yeah. theft. Yep. Yeah. Um, when she was still Jane. There's a mystery witness mentioned in her notes that Terry doesn't seem to care that Jane doesn't remember shit about her time in the DA's office. Um, oh, I think Terry knows. Terry seemed to know earlier on. I think Terry knows about yeah. what's going on. Alan's notes corroborate Jane's notes, but go on to state that the mystery witness that I quote, will blow the case wide open, <laughs> missed your interview, and then is conveniently forgotten by the ineptitude of the two prosecutors. <laughs> and therefore could only be brought up at this exact moment. <laughs> the mystery witness missed the interview and... And was never heard from again. Was never heard from again. But amazingly, Pam Jane manages to track her down in about three minutes. Oh, oh no, no, Terry. no, sorry, Terry, Terry had organised... Yes, that's um, right. And it, it gets to the stage that, look, Terry is is a, another female character, but she she has got to be one of the weaker characters because they give her no screen time. She's basically, well, she's basically the MacGuffin there. Well, not the MacGuffin, but she's basically the, she she's just there to get whatever is necessary for the, plot, the, time, the yeah. for the plot to continue moving. Yeah. It could, it could literally have been Google. <laughs> Yeah, it could just be just be the assistant's name is Google. <laughs> Google, get me all the evidence on this case. Here so you go, be, Pam because Jane. this TV show likes likes leaving you right as you right as you think. Okay, we're about to um we're about to meet this this assistant. Oh no, this this mystery witness. Let's go back to the B, back to the B plot because this show bloody seem to do it all the time. In in between this time, like. Jane and Alan have actually gone out on on what appears to be a date, mm-hmm. which is all weird given that he sexually assaulted her. But anyway, um, Stacy is blogging and not recommending a, a pair of short shorts when Jane walks in wearing the same clothes as yesterday. Right. Stacy assumes that Jane and Alan were all up all night fucking, 
And then um, Jane states that she and Alan talked all night. And yes, it's kind of the classic, ooh, like he's so deep and we're falling in love speech. Nothing happened, but we talked all night. And then she, in the next scene that she comes up in, she's got a new catchphrase for a blog, return to sender. Obviously now refusing to endorse any product because <laughs> that's, that's what, what seems like yes. that's what normal people do. She goes in she goes into into the lawyer's office. She seems very proud of herself and her new her new blog, but the CEO of the company. Yet another woman, so good to see that they've they've actually got a woman in power. But the CEO wants the blog taken down and says that and <laughs> oh, my well, another one of my favourite lines where Stacy says, um, I won't take the video, video, Dan. If you don't like it, you can sue me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by this point, I was kind of getting just... It was getting a bit old, the whole, okay, we get it. Stacy's dumb. Yep. Um, I she basically just that's gets all the whole show. <laughs> yappy and indignant when they tell her that they're suing her. Um, yeah, least, least favourite character for sure. And and then of course the CEO offers to drop the whole thing, even though she just said you can sue me <laughs> if she just removes the blog. But um, Stacy says, "No, nah, I'm gonna stick to it, and we'll Take see it you to in court. court." Yeah. Back to the A plot. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Pam Jane is talking to this mystery witness, Patricia Martin, mm-hmm. and uh, turns out that she's also in AA. Mystery witness girl reveals hearing a man in an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting stating that he dreamed of killing a girl with a machete. <laughs> right. Jane yes. states that the info wasn't released to the press, so therefore she couldn't have known it. And the mystery girl dropped the big bomb, big bombshell that it was the boyfriend of Elena in, that she saw in the AA, AA meeting. That's right, yeah. So yeah, she he, he had a dream that I guess um, reminded her of the uh, uh, what she'd seen in the papers, I guess, about the about the uh, about the murder, but the machete had not been had not been released. But you know, but I that may- could be a que- that could be a coincidence, right? Yeah, I, I mean, may- geez, I I dream about I dream about murdering people so often that like one of them's got to match a real murder out there eventually, right? I I Doesn't actually everybody? made a, I made a note right here that it's convenient that no one in the police force looked into the boyfriend. <laughs> you know, it's never Elena the boyfriend. Elena was only meant to going, meant to go meet him that day, but obviously they didn't look into him at all. And then a big second bombshell: Alan lied in his notes, and the interview actually went ahead eight years ago. Dun dun dun. I think I also wrote dun dun dun. That one might have been for something previously. <laughs> yes, they they yeah they they impl- implicate the the boyfriend, who surprise surprise is a privileged white kid. With a rich daddy. So... Oh, and I have written here, always suspect the bro. Yeah. One thing that I've noticed about this show when, you know, watching it on a... On a instant... You know, watching it on a stand or something like that, you don't get the ad breaks. So when it jumps from one scene into the next scene where she reiterates the entire story as what we just had <laughs> before the ad break to her work friend, and um, then she adds some extra information that she... Um, the boyfriend's father corroborated his his son's lie when he said that Lena never showed up. Um, because because of the father's power, the police believed him. And I'm like, insert Jedi mind trick here. It's like, 
my son did not commit this murder. <laughs> <laughs> she never well, arrived at all. Except when you're talking about, you know, rich white men talking to the police force, that Jedi mind trip, that Jedi mind trick is here, cash, cash bomb. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Duh, cash bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Make it um, rain. So Jane wants to confront Alan about the about hiding the witness statement, but Parker, as we found out, this, this work buddy her colleague, yeah, um, the guy that called her Bingham in the first scene, um, advises her not to warn Alan that she knows and just to take one big swing and get rid of this corrupt prosecutor. <laughs> I was like, oh shit! I did like the little eyebrow raise that Jane gave Parker at the end of that. Just a very much, oh yeah, that's it. We're gonna take him down. So, back to the B-plot, because it goes back to the B-plot, and Stacey's in a courtroom. I was like, God damn, this actually happened yeah. really quickly. Babbling you like know, a loon. Th- this this is really not like Australian, where it's like, your court date is set for <laughs> five months in the future. Can you imagine if they actually did that on these law shows? Like, you'd get the start of a case, and then three seasons later, they'd resolve it. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, three seasons later, it would get... They, they'd, like... Hear they, something, then it get the second episode. Then it the get delayed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just imagine how many plot threads you'd have going off. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be incomprehensible. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Stacey Kins, as I started calling her. Yep. Um, <laughs> the the um, uh, Stacey's lawyer is kind of a bit dopey, and it's like, you know, just states, you know. All the all the free shit that you got, you got for no strings attached. And she's like, "Yes, no strings attached." And he's like, "Huh, that'll that'll win this bloody case." Yeah, that's it. <laughs> he goes, "No further question." And the other lawyer asks my favorite question and the best joke in the, in the show so far. You're not dumb, are you, Miss Barrett? <laughs> I'm like, uh, and then the response is, "Is that a trick question?" And I'm just like, "You've got to be kidding me." <laughs> yeah, uh, they know what they're doing with her, I guess. Supposedly, there's a letter s- stating that um, if she doesn't, if Stacy doesn't have n- something nice to say, not to say anything at all. And it's like that seems like something that my grand would have said to me. But anyway, it's you know obviously a legal document, so you know it's obviously it's an implicit contract in place, and she must take down her video blog Im- immediately. And I'm like, boo, fucking who? Yeah. And and I started thinking, if the people from the hills actually, you know, went with that whole, um, if you don't have anything nice to say, not to say anything, there wouldn't actually be a show called The Hills. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, last week on The Hills, and it's just, you know, like, images of the creepy Dora. <laughs> it's basically, they're just sitting there doing nothing. <laughs> Staring. <laughs> Blindly, well, because they they were probably all body snatched too. Well, actually, I I realised I I did have a theory about Stacey because she was she was obviously you know she knew what was going on with Jane um, that that perhaps what they actually were were is that is that uh, is that Pam is an alien that jumped into Jane and her pet alien dog jumped into Stacey and could suddenly <laughs> talk and 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 almost think so because that, that explains everything like that explains her her whole personality she's basically just a dumb puppy. Who, who who suddenly is living in a human. Mm-hmm. My favourite scene in the C-plot happens right here. Okay. It's my favourite scene because, you know, Terry finds all the information about 
Kim's mystery boyfriend. There's there was a scene in the past where you know Parker decided to to go to Google instead of um instead of Fred to find out all the information. <laughs> yes. So anyway, she found out that Kim's mystery boyfriend is married. And Parker storms in going, ha oh, you made out with a married man, you dumb slut sort of thing. Yeah, basically. Like, <laughs> Except he thinks he's saving the day. Like, he comes in to... He's trying to protect her as well. He's like, oh, but, you know, you don't know he's married, blah, blah, blah. And she just destroys him. Yeah. She just comes out and she just yells the, the fuck out of, out of him going, you know, you don't need to need to look after me. I, I can you know, take care of myself and all this sort of stuff. And I'm thinking, yes, she won't take shit from no one, you know, real girl power moment. And no, it was just a typical drama trope. Well, yeah. Like, that she didn't actually know. She was just becoming, just looking like she was all tough. And then she became emotional after, after you know, he left. But she she did put up a strong face to her ex and, you know, didn't didn't let let it be known that she was... She was rather hurt by this information. Yeah, yeah, it was a good, it was a good scene. It it really goes to show just how you know some of the writers obviously know how to write for a strong female, and that was that was actually pretty pretty strong. But anything with Stacy is like they've got someone totally different writing all the Stacy scenes. Oh god, I think they think they're being funny, but it's just it's just annoying. Really, because it's, it's just like yeah, because it's just the classic dumb pretty girl thing anyway we're getting close to the end here so let's uh sol- soldier on <laughs> they bring in the little white bro um who i guess doesn't seem that much of a bro anymore but this is eight years on and um, and, and i immediately m- mentioned <laughs> here that jane meets with um persky jr in the um in the interrogation room because really there are no police officers in this entire world. Of course not. Um, of course not. It's the CSI effect. It's, you know, on CSI that they always did everything. Yeah. From the start of the case to the beginning, basically. And, you know, she comes straight out and accuses him of, of murdering her. He breaks down and almost immediately... After, Confesses, after, basically, yeah. After um, Jane... Oh, Jane, sorry, whisper air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Says there was a witness. His father immediately bursts into the room and looks incredibly pissed off as he was obviously covering for his son. Alan yep. also follows him behind looking pissed too because I'm starting to think he was in on the cover-up and actually, you know, took some of the money from the cash bomb. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, yeah, they have a bit of an argument. Well, Nate, the uh, the boyfriend is... Well, the friend is... is uh, Signing the confession, but at that point she has another house moment, where suddenly she says, "Nope, he's innocent," and oh, it's and pretty obvious from the framing of the shot that it's because of which, the hand that he is signing with. Oh yeah, and and I've got it written here. You know, um, well, Alan actually gives some pretty good damn reasons as to as to why he didn't want to believe the witness, namely that she was barely three months sober and her uncle was on the inept police force that she could have found out about the machete from him and I'm like uh, you know I, I wasn't convinced by those I mean three months sober doesn't mean she was drunk like she's been sober that's but uh, still uh, it's, it's a bit unfair it's but a little bit of an unreliable witness <laughs> perhaps perhaps but then again it's all hearsay yeah hearsay is, is not much but then um, 
she has a realization that she was wrong and because this is a tv show and there are still 10 minutes left in the episode i'm guessing that she saw he was right-handed and the killer is left she is terrible at her job she has nearly ru- ruined this guy's <laughs> life <laughs> it's after he already confessed it's after he signed the confession um, so, she she pulls out some weird backstory about how she was in a horror movie once and yep. that in the horror movie the slashes went a certain way on the body because of the left-handedness of the killer and that it was the same on elena's body and the autopsy that is now conveniently being remembered um says that the slash was top right to bottom left but i don't know about you but i can certainly do a backhand slash <laughs> it wouldn't be my most powerful slash ever but i could easily it. do like, it <laughs> again this is this is not super hard evidence i would say no but uh um, but yeah, my, she... my next comment was how about we get some solid fucking evidence and let the police force do a fucking do the fucking police work <laughs> jane doesn't actually have an answer for who did it now plot twist plot twist real jane did it and fake jane will find out and try to cover it up again <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty good theory i'd go with that it's probably more interesting than what actually happened which uh which we might as well just go into. I know there's a bit of B-plot stuff, but... Yeah. Because it basically wraps it up. She just basically talks to him. Um, he talks about the details of the murder, but he was drunk at the time and it all feels like a dream and he basically just remembers little aspects of it. And yep. she pretty much gives him leading questions and to make him realize that it was actually his dad who did it and that he could just see from where he was watching. But at the very least, the dad definitely disposed of the body. So he's like an accessory yep. i'm not sure why they haven't arrested him yet mm. other than his white privilege and cash but, bombs but there's <laughs> uh, i've actually got this line written down the father did it let the son think he did he did it for the last eight years because he is a cunt <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted to drop your first c-bomb yeah yeah so yeah now they have absolutely no evidence that he did it except the witness who is very unreliable as he was well, yes. drunk. <laughs> what magical bullshit is fake Jane going to pull out of her ass to get the father to confess? We'll find out after this B-plot uh, uh, diversion. Yep. Where uh, Stacy's getting all upset because she has to return all of her stuff. And saying goodbye to all of her possessions. Saying goodbye and kissing all of her possessions. because Probably because she thinks she's... they can actually hear her. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it turns out that her little brainwashed minions are pulling for her and created videos and apparently got 40,000 hits. And and just after she's seen the video, the phone rings and <laughs> it's the fucking lawyer's office again. No, it's like, just, that's just the, the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the drama fairy making things happen at appropriate times. Uh, Stacey <laughs> enters the office and the CEO magically reverses the whole bullshit court order and yep. Stacey shows up in there. Here she is numerous times. Stacey's returned to the status quo and nothing has changed. So her story was literally <laughs> filler. Which is useless. <laughs> well, no, no. They subtly showed us that corporations can be nice guys and really want... like, And will give people free stuff for honest reviews of their products. Yeah, that's why this is a fantasy show. <laughs> um, Alan comes in the room and announces Persky the Younger has been released and Persky the Older arrested without providing so much as tangible evidence or motive <laughs> other than the autopsy showed signs of sexual assault. 
Yeah, because no drunk white guy ever sexually assaulted his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jane goes hard ass on Alan saying saying that he must hand in his resignation or she reports him for not filing for not- the interview he had with the witness. That was pretty awesome. Yeah. Good for her. Um, then there was some sappy moment between Jane and Elena's mum. Well, where she says, you know, very uh, obviously referring to whatever her situation is, that she saw the case through different eyes this time as opposed to eight years ago. And I've got written here, still no fucking idea what is going on. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so we have a a little end of episode uh, uh, scene at the bar. Uh, We find out that I guess Pam Jane has some history with Grayson, who I think this is the first time we've maybe even... No, we've heard his name, I guess, but this was Stacy's lawyer. He's all sad because someone left him at the altar. And this is when I when I finally worked out what has actually happened. Yeah. This whole thing is quantum leap. Oh. So, wait, if we watch a different episode, it'll just be a completely different character in a completely different place. It must be because, <laughs> you know, um, supposedly... Or not they because were together she in another timeline, so therefore... This is sci-fi after all. No wonder yeah. the, no wonder the actual law doesn't make doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to. It's not our world. It's like they can they can make shit up in this world. That's true. And then the show ended. Yeah. So I've got some comments about this. Yeah. All right. Let's do it. I really want to be able to say I like this show, as I usually like law shows. Mm-hmm. Um. But I keep wanting to say, fuck this show. <laughs> I nearly wrote it down a number of times. I get the feeling we were supposed to not like Kim and all be cheering for Jane and Stacey at all times, but I found Stacey too much like one oh, of the girls God. from the hills. Yes. And something is going on with Jane, but everyone conveniently ignores the fact that she has a huge hole in her memory. However, if the show was on, I wouldn't necessarily change the channel, but I wouldn't go out of my way to watch from the start. Yeah, that my my rating of whether I would watch it again is eh, if nothing else is on. Mm. <laughs> That's basically it. I give this show a meh out of ten. Fair enough. So, do you want me to tell you what is going on? Yeah, I, I'd like to know. So apparently, there was this model called Deb, <laughs> and I don't think that name came up in this episode at all. No, she was killed in a car accident and reincarnated as Jane, who had also recently died. Stacy was obviously one of her previous friends from yes. her previous life. That lawyer dude at the end was a boyfriend. Gra- yes, Grayson was her boyfriend or fiancé or something. I didn't go into too much detail. Now, interestingly, apparently in, I assume, the first episode, she was going to also tell Grayson about what had happened. Except Fred is her guardian angel and his only job is to make sure that she does not tell Grayson. That is why he is here. He is a guardian angel. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he was useless. He did nothing. <laughs> oh, shit. So, interestingly, and I guess this is just because we're three and a half seasons into the show, I didn't catch a lot of the fact that Jane... Deb, Deb Jane, mm-hmm. not Pam Jane. There was no Pam in this show. I don't know where the fuck that came from. Um, was, you know, sort of basically supposed to be just as much of a bimbo as Stacy was once upon a time. Presumably she's sort of matured into a real girl 
by this point in the series instead of being made of plastic like Stacey. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I don't so, know. So, yeah, I got no sense of that, but, but yeah, I'm... <laughs> funnily enough, this was probably a really good show for what we were thinking this segment would be because there is this whole history to this character and some weird shit going on that the show assumes we know by this point. But I bet you if we actually allowed ourselves to watch that recap at the start, they'd actually explain all this shit. Well, that's true. That's true. Most shows don't trust their viewers. I like to think of this as we've tuned in because, especially here in Australia, we if you're watching network television, every single network no longer runs to the half hour. Every network now runs to like, oh, we're going to run till 8.35 or we're going to run till 8.43. Or, really? Oh, it's... I haven't it's watched network TV in Absolutely years. horrible. So the ACCC tried to get all hard-ass on, on Channel 9, 10 and, and 7 about getting getting their, their timetables down. But they didn't lock it down to they had to finish on the half hour or the hour. They locked it down to they had to make sure that their timetable was within five minutes of the of the printed Schedu- one, oh, the scheduled because one. it was more than five minutes out that often. Oh, it was sometimes fifteen twenty minutes out. It was it was terrible. Oh, God. But now it's like you get ones. Yeah, they're happy to overrun, but they've actually let it know, let it be known that they're going to run over. So it's okay. That's ridiculous. It really network is. TV is dying. Thankfully. With Netflix and all that sort of stuff, it's, it certainly makes makes for much better viewing. I want to watch the next episode. I will. <laughs> yeah, binge watching is now a thing, obviously, but uh, not that I get time to binge watch more than maybe two episodes of something. Yeah. Oh, if it's a if it's a twenty minute show and it's a it's one that you know you can actually watch around the kids. No, well, we're still trying to keep the kids we're still not yeah well particularly the girls and they all go to bed at the same time anyway so we only get to watch once they're in bed yeah Um, although that kind of segues interestingly into something else that I thought we might talk about just for a little bit because that did go a little bit long so we won't talk too much longer we took Taz to see his first movie this week at the very nice like in the cinemas which cinemas did you go to? Uh, we went to Reading Cinemas in Chanside Park oh nice They've just refurbished. They have nice sort of leather, big seats and... Oh, and flat rate $10 tickets. Oh, so nice. That's pretty good because they're getting up to like 16 or $18 or whatever without some sort of discount voucher. Um, yeah, flat rate $10 and I think flat rate $15 for like premium, uh, some sort of premium thing. I don't know if it's quite gold, you know, village gold class. Yep. Thing. Anyway, yes. Uh, so yeah, we took him to see Finding Dory, which is you now, of course, the big school holidays movie. We told him, we told him uh, on the way that we're going to watch a movie on a screen as big as a house. And uh, <laughs> he was, he was and pretty you impressed. That's <laughs> true. He was pretty impressed when he got in there. He he was pretty excited, and you know, it was really fun. It was really nice, sort of just having that time with with he and I and Erica. Because obviously the the girls, we just left them with mum and dad. Yep. Um. And, uh, yeah, like, as soon as it started up, he was having a ball. He kept talking, of course. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it was it's school holidays and it was like a four o'clock session, so there were plenty of other kids in there. He definitely wasn't the loudest kid. Did he stand up lots and run around and 
do all that sort no, of stuff. No, no. He actually, he sat still the whole movie. Um, he kind of shuffled in his seat a bit and would, you know, lie on me or lie on Erica a bit. And yep. he told us about five minutes before the end that he was tired and wanted to go home. But, you know, that was pretty good. Like, he got all the way to the end. And, yeah, like, seemed to be following the movie pretty well, which, you know, often it's it's hard to know whether a kid's actually figuring out what is going on. Yeah. Mostly following it. And uh, he, he didn't quite understand the concept of a flashback, <laughs> of course. But, and this this obviously this isn't a spoiler, but there are flashbacks to Dory as a child throughout the movie. And he kept referring to that as Dory's baby and that she was trying to find her baby. <laughs> um, nice. So, yeah, a little bit, a little bit got lost in, in translation into his little two and a half year old brain. But for the most part, he seemed to really enjoy it. So, so that was so, really fun. Uh, uh, Pixar back, back on top. It was very good. Yeah, it was very good. Uh, I did also see recently that they are cutting back on the number of sequels they're doing. Okay. Um, what as what are they not doing now? No, no, no. So the ones they've got in production, they're still doing. But after oh, that, they're not like putting any more into production. For a while. So yeah, whatever it is, Cars 3, Toy Story 4, Incredibles 2. I Yay. They're all going <laughs> They're all going ahead. And I mean, hopefully hopefully they're good. Like Toy Story, I mean, Pixar are, are generally... No, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change my opinion on that now that I think about it. Pixar's sequels are sometimes good. The Toy Story sequels are good. Cars sequel, not so good. Monsters Inc. sequel was not very good at all. Um, no, I didn't mind it. It was it was you know, it was it was sort of okay as a movie in itself, but co- like compared to Monsters Inc., which is which may still be my favorite Pixar movie. I would have much rather seen an actual sequel to it rather than a prequel. Well, and even the idea of it was okay with them sort of, you know, using the whole college humor stuff. But they didn't really play with it that much and it just became then a relatively mediocre college comedy, right? Like, it didn't mm-hmm. matter that they were in Monsters University. They were just college kids doing dumb shit. Um, I feel like they didn't sort of use the setting enough almost and the characters. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was disappointing. But no, Finding Dory was definitely a good sequel. Very good movie. Very funny. And he's hoping that Pixar... Yeah, it does continue along those vein, that vein with their sequels. Because I'm, I'm really surprised that they're doing Cars three, given that, you know, all the crap that they were given for Cars two. Yeah, but you know, despite all the crap they were given for Cars two, they still made a fuckload of money on both <laughs> the movie and the merchandise. Yeah, supposedly um, Lightning, Lightning McQueen merchandise is um, some of the most profitable, pro- yeah. uh, profitable for no, them. No, absolutely, absolutely. Sold more than like any of the Toy Story stuff. Which yeah, is so unusual. So has uh, has James been to the the movies? Yes, he his first one that he saw was Home, and that was a oh, that was that one? one that he literally sat down for the whole time. It was it was um it was a movie about aliens that come to um come to Earth and literally oh, take all the humans yeah. and put them into into basically <laughs> death camps pretty much <laughs> in Australia um, okay. so they move all the humans to like these oh, massive camps in Australia and they take over everyone's everyone's houses well anyway James absolutely loved it laughed at some really really inopportune times 
<laughs> like there was this one scene where um, this massive thing comes down on top of the one alien that we've been that we've been following, and it looks like he's dead. And James just comes out and laughs his ass off. <laughs> like, god. oh god, it's supposed to be a sad moment. Anyway, of course, you know it. It turns out that no, this character wasn't dead, and there was actually you know a hollow in this on this thing that came down, and you know they happened to be right in the middle of that hollow. Right, so it was like the typical Still. typical sort of thing. It was like. <laughs> Anyway, so that was that was a good experience. Then we thought we'd try taking him to Minions because he loves mm-hmm. Minions. Yeah, yeah, that was the worst thing that we'd ever taken him to. Like, no. Bianca still just hasn't didn't hold his the attention. Entire film. <laughs> yeah, it it held his attention when we got it here, but in in that room, he just he wanted to get up and he wanted to walk around. Then he wanted to sit down. Then he wanted to play. Then he wanted to do something else. And it's like, I guess you just can't know if they if they're going to be in the right mood for it. You know. Yeah, I'm. I'm not sure how he'd go with Finding Dory because he doesn't. We ask him if he wants to watch Finding Nemo, and he doesn't really respond to that. Right. That much. Yeah. Whereas, Taz, Taz had sat through Finding Nemo a couple of times, or mostly sat through it. Um, yeah. So yeah, we knew he'd. He he James always he loves rec- the Cars movies. <laughs> okay. You see, can't Taz won't sit through Cars. He'll sometimes watch Toy Story. He occasionally likes The Incredibles, but. It it gets it's a bit little bit slow for him. It's it's a bit more of a mature movie, but he likes he wants to watch the superheroes. Like that's he just calls it the superheroes. Yeah. Uh, James loves Cars and Cars too. Yeah. And surprisingly, Wally. Hmm. I have not I have not managed to con- even convince Taz to watch Wally yet. Well, James saw it on the on the shelf, goes over and asks for it, and um, Bianca put it on. And he sat mesmerized through the entire thing. Yeah. And got to the end and goes Wally again. <laughs> <laughs> so that was oh, well. quite that was quite funny. If you're um, gonna have a favourite film, that's a pretty good one. Yeah. He's watched it probably about seven or eight times now. Yeah. Just over the last six months or so. Oh, one thing that he said the other day <laughs> was hilarious and this is second hand information by the way. But I have heard him say similar things to this. So he's having dinner and all of a sudden you can tell, okay, he's about to do a poop because he just, (laughs) he grabs his dinner and runs behind the couch. Right. And then comes running out and grabs his drink and runs behind the couch and you start hearing noises of... (laughs) And all of a sudden he pops his head up and goes, poo not working. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And uh, Bianca goes, well, try again. And <laughs> she hears some more noises. And then she hears this, yay. <laughs> oh, man. You should see the face that Imogen makes when she's taking a crap in her nappy. It's it's very obvious. Her whole face screws up. She goes <laughs> all red. She just stares out into, dis- into the distance with her vision unfocused. Mm-hmm. And she's just... <laughs> oh, kids, they just—they're funny. I mean, we're we're getting to the stage now that um, we're really getting desperate to get James into toilet training, and he's starting to get, starting to make um, more more vocal about when he's when he's going. So mm-hmm. it's pretty much time for us to start again. Yeah. Because last time we tried, he just 
like he'd have an accident and he'd sit there for like half an hour <laughs> you'd, you'd sort of go are you sure you don't need to go to the toilet and it's like mm. no and it's like no. but your pants are all wet why, can't, why aren't you going <laughs> it's like you're trying to you know get them into the into the mood that like oh this isn't good it's all wet and it's like yeah i mean that's kind of has to be where it gets to he has to be feeling like he doesn't want to be wet he doesn't want to be messy like i think taz has basically got there like he gets quite upset if he if he has an accident now which are few and far between it's mostly only if he's upset about something and and uh and then it makes him more upset but yeah I, i think it's it's just that state of mind thing i think i really think they'll like, you almost can't force it. No. You've got to let them be ready. Yeah. And, look, everyone goes through it, and you get there eventually. Yeah. You just can't force the issue, and no. you can't make it be something that, you know... You don't want to make it something that's traumatic, you know? You don't want, yeah. to, you don't want to give them a complex about taking a shit so that they <laughs> never do it on the toilet or they hold it in. Like, they're, they're, sometimes kids will get so sort of worked up about it that they'll try to hold it in and that's obviously unhealthy in itself after, after what you told me about I keep on coming back to what you told me about this show mm-hmm. and it's like you know what I might give the first episode a go yeah because yeah. we we may we may have actually seen we may have actually seen an episode that was really really poor I mean that's true yeah so maybe maybe I'll give it one more go well, you, maybe you watch the first episode and maybe next week you can give us a little mini review. <laughs> <laughs> I may I may change my um my rating from, from meh, from meh to meh. <laughs> <laughs> so, we should probably finish up before we get before we do though. I just I wanted to talk about one more funny thing that happened this week. Mm-hmm. So, uh our dryer is outside on our what is actually our front porch, but we don't use it as the front door. And uh, Erica was in the shower and I was doing bedtime, so I needed to get some nappies. Yep. So I I went out to the dryer, which is where they were, because I needed to pull them out. And while I'm out there, Taz closes the door. <laughs> and... Fun- Sips it. <laughs> well, f- and funnily enough, like, he closed the door because I'd left it open and I'd left the screen door open. So he was right to close it uh, because the cats get out. But he closed the door and I was like, oh, geez, I wonder what I'd do. Because it was pissing down with rain as well. Um, mm-hmm. And it's dark. I was like, oh, I wonder what I'd do like, if I got locked out of here. And like the next second I hear snip <laughs> and the door's locked. <laughs> and it's dark, as I said, pissing down with rain. And I go to the little window next to the door and I'm like, Taz, can you open the door? Can you unlock it? Can you open the door? Uh, did I mention Erica was in the shower? <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> so Erica's in the shower. She can't hear me. <laughs> she probably. I think she had one of the babies in there with her at this point still, because that, that's how we get them clean. And so I, I say to Taz, Taz, go and get mummy. Go and tell mummy that I'm outside and that she needs to come. I hear after the fact. Yeah. Apparently he was going in and saying, I have to rescue daddy. I have to rescue daddy. <laughs> and she's just like, oh, okay. You must you must be playing some sort of game or something. He runs back out. And I say, no, go and tell her that I need help. He just basically went in and did the same thing. He he, It was actually him. He eventually managed to turn the door handle, which unlocks the door. And he let me yep. in. And of course, I go in and tell Erica what had happened. But um, yeah, I just, oh, I thought that was 
It was just so <laughs> funny. He's just because you know we he sort of he watches like Paw Patrol and some other stuff where it's you know it's all about rescuing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that was amusing. He's a funny kid. That he is. So I think that's about time to end our podcast. We shall end our podcast for this week. Yes. Yes. So this has been Two Sweary Dads. You can find us at our website www.twoswearydads.com. You can follow us and tweet us on Twitter at Two Sweary Dads. You can follow us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Two Sweary Dads. You can email us. Hopefully, I'm not 100% sure the email is working. But you can email us at podcast at twoswearydads.com. And then we have some final thoughts. So, do you have any final thoughts, Ben? Um, yeah. Where did the dinosaurs go? Go ask your mum. <laughs>